For the second game in a row, the Mariners gave themselves enough cushion to withstand an underwhelming pitching performance from their starter. But will the bats continue to stay hot this weekend? Let's talk about it here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Locked On Mariners podcast. It is Friday, July 1st, 2022, and thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am your host, Tidying Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com for Fan Nation over on the Sports Illustrated Network. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, the C-A-N-E. GNZLZ and Colby at CPAT11 at CPAT11. Be sure to also check out our Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash control the zone. We post two additional podcasts on there every single week. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell, and give this video a thumbs up. We greatly appreciate it. We're going to be talking about the weekend to come as the Mariners continue to look for their fourth consecutive series victory. We're also going to be looking back on the month of June, handing out some awards, some MVPs, some Cy Youngs, etc., etc. But first, let's look back on last night's 8-6 to win over the Oakland Athletics to start this four-game set uh, with the A's down at T-Mobile Park. The bats were explosive once again for the second day in a row. Julio Rodriguez went 416 feet to deep center field. Very, very impressive, especially it was a sinker on the outside corner. Really, really impressive home run by Julio. Um, Cal Raleigh had a little league home run as well. His first career triple turns into a little league home run. He drives in three on that. He also added a double to his day. Uh, but Logan Gilbert wasn't uh, wasn't very good in this one. Ten hard hit balls. He struck out just three, walked two. What went wrong for Gilbert in this one, Colby? Yeah, he just didn't have the fastball command. Uh, he came out throwing it a lot. Um, first one was a, a bad arm side miss, and then uh, you know it looked like he had started to settle in, but he was very clearly going to go right after them with his fastball, and that's fine. But it had a little bit more run to it than it normally does. Um, and unfortunately Logan didn't know how to deal with that. Uh, and he left a lot of fastballs in the middle of the plate. Uh, and you know, kind of the thing about Gilbert is, is if he's not getting value out of the fastball, the rest of his, you know, his arsenal doesn't play up as well. Uh, He needs the fastball. Logan Gilbert doesn't have like insanely good stuff. And I, I think we all know this. It's, it's the fastball is his best pitch. And then the slider can be pretty good sometimes. The changeup can be pretty good sometimes, but neither of those pitches are consistent, you know, 65s on the on the, you know, 2080 scale. Uh, most of the time they're 55s and, and the fastball allows them to play up because of the extension he gets on that pitch. Well, if, you know, they're doing damage on your fastball and you're kind of leaving it in the middle of the plate. They don't have to respect the other stuff because it's not good enough for them to respect. So. What we saw last night was what Logan Gilbert looks like without his good fastball control slash command. Um, And we saw some good velocity early. And then by the middle, it was down to 94, 95, and it was middle of the plate. Um, He just he couldn't get to his off-speed stuff the way he wanted to. Um, And it results in a pretty bad lineup, you know, doing some damage off of him and, and 
blistering a lot of baseballs. Uh, so, you know, it happens. Uh, it, it, it is kind of the, uh, the downside to having like the one elite pitch followed by a bunch of, eh, if, if that elite pitch doesn't work, you're in trouble. And then, so we saw that with Gilbert, uh, it, it looked a lot like Gilbert, like in his first couple starts from last year where it was, he's just throwing the fastball and he couldn't land anything else. And so it was just guys just sitting on the fastball and doing damage against it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it's sad. It all starts with the fastball for Gilbert. Didn't command it. It was in the middle of the plate a ton and he got hit hard and, and he doesn't have the secondary stuff right now to kind of counter uh, a bad fastball command night. Yeah, so he gave up the uh, three-run shot to Loriano, and and the hard hits mm-hmm. just kept on coming, and and you know he got through a clean sixth, and they they brought him back out for the seventh. He was up, you know, eight to four at that point. Uh, figured you know might as well just try to get the most out of him as possible. He was still under a hundred pitches at that point, uh, but he uh, loses the first guy after going a one-two on, on Sheldon Noisy, and, and ends up walking him, and then. Uh, there was the uh, the Allen bunt, swinging bunt, whatever it was, and then he uh, <laughs> he made an interesting throwing decision. <laughs> Let's just say one and, of the uh, least athletic things you'll ever see somebody do on a baseball field. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. Yeah. Um, fortunately for him, though, uh, Andres Munoz came into the game uh, with second and third, and uh, no one out. He gets Tony Kemp to to hit a short pop up uh, to Eugenio Suarez. He strikes out Loriano on a really nasty slider, and then uh, gets uh, Seth Brown to ground out to Carlos Santana on the first pitch of the uh, third bat uh, third at bat there to uh, hold the A's scoreless. And that honestly proved pretty critical in this game because the A's went on to score a pair of runs uh, in uh, the eighth and ninth innings uh, off of uh, Diego Castillo and uh, and Paul Sewald. And Loriano was a uh, was a thorn in the side of the uh, in the side of the Mariners in this one. He uh, gets two home runs, including a solo shot off of uh, Seawald there in the ninth uh, to bring things a little bit closer. Ultimately, the Mariners still won fairly comfortably, uh, thanks to the cushion that they did give themselves. Uh, but yeah, they 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 were kind of uh, trying to hand uh, the A's uh, this, this game back at times. It seemed uh, just kind of sloppy game from the Mariners, right? Yeah. Some defensive miscues, you know, oddly enough, both of them by by Logan Gilbert. Um, you know, there was a, an instance where Winker kind of kicked the ball in left field. It didn't really uh, make a big difference, but it did happen. Um, yeah, there was just some, you know, there was a ball that it looked like Suarez probably should have been able to get to, but for some reason he didn't. Um, it, it just, they didn't make a lot of the plays that they normally make. Uh, and it, it showed up and, and it, it did have an impact. Uh, you know, the, the two bunts that Gilbert failed epically on, uh, you know, the first one ended up costing him a couple runs. The second one didn't cost him, but that's because Andres Munoz was, was that good. So, uh, mm. yeah, it just, it was a pretty sloppy game, uh, defensively pitching wise, uh, a lot of, a lot of guys left stuff in the middle of the plate. It was, it just wasn't a very good night. And, this team's going to lose most of the games where they give up six runs. So mm-hmm. for them to steal one like they did is mm-hmm. pretty good. And it, it does help that it was against Oakland because I it feels like if they played like that against Houston last night, they probably would have gotten ran out of the building. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty sloppy. And, and honestly, the A's had a few um, sloppy moments as well, too. And it's kind of more understandable from the A standpoint because they were flying across the country from New York. And mm. Seattle does not have that excuse. So 
they were at home. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, we'll see. The The long plane trip te- typically hits on the second day or so, I've been told. So we'll see what kind of energy Oakland comes out with today. It would be nice if the Mariners could score a couple runs early and just kind of you know, put them down and keep them down for a little while. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to see uh, if the the bats can stay hot because uh, they they've been hot last couple days. Um, they've scored 17 runs combined over the last uh, 18 innings, uh, so certainly not sloppy offensively. Um, and I'd be remiss not to mention that Dylan Moore also had a uh, two run shot last night. How did you feel about that one? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Dylan Moore hit a pitch down the middle of the plate. Just that's what he does. It was actually on the inside uh, corner of the plate. Yeah. I, I would say middle in. I'll I'll go halfway with you. No, it, it was pretty. It was pretty good. I, I can and get Trey the receipts. Looked, I I I I got I got game day. I got MLB game day. <laughs> there you go. No, yeah, it was it was a nice piece of hitting against a really bad pitcher. So yeah, good for him. Um, by the way, quick quick side note here. Uh, Billy Hamilton is making his 2022 debut with the okay. Marlins. So <laughs> so there you go. Billy Hamilton back in the big leagues. Yes, you know. So the Marlins, the Marlins gave the Marlins gave Billy Hamilton a chance before the Mariners, huh? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, when you can have Justin Upton, like you got to do what you got to do. It. You got to you got to do, do it. it. It's not like, like Justin you, Upton. Is it's not, not like off, Billy Hamilton but. gives a uh, veteran presence or anything. Just saying, just saying. All right, so <laughs> I I would rather Billy Hamilton go up there and just try to bunt for a hit every single time. Your your uh, your team would be better with that than having Justin up there, Justin Upton up there trying his best. Because woof, that guy, that guy's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's sad when you see you know a, a historically really good player. Mm-hmm. At the uh, at the end of his career, just really starting to fall apart, and that's kind of what we're seeing with Justin Upton, unfortunately. And this this doesn't even this isn't even just talking about what he's done at the major league level. It's also what he was doing in uh, AAA before he got activated. It's uh, not great. Anyway, <laughs> moving uh, moving on, we're uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, the weekend to come for the Mariners. Uh, hopefully, they're able to win tonight. But uh, I mostly want to talk about the Saturday and Sunday games. Both are going to be day games. Rare. Saturday day game for the Mariners. It's going to be on Fox Sports One. Uh, a couple of big pitching matchups in uh, in those games. So, uh, going to be focusing on that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder: this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. So, Colby, uh, knowing the injuries and the suspensions that the Mariners have sustained up to this point, particularly you know on the offensive side of things, uh, or, well, exclusively on the offensive side of things, really, um, 
you know, they're going they're going to face Frankie Montes again on Sunday. It's going to be Robbie Ray versus Montes again. We saw what Ray was able to do against the A's the last time uh, these two squared off. And, and Montes, of course, no hit the Mariners through, I believe, seven and a third, seven and two thirds of work. Uh, and they ended up winning in the craziest, craziest way. Um, how good is Robbie Ray going to need to be on Sunday for the Mariners to win? Pretty good. Um, pretty good. Uh, unless, of course, Jerry acquires Frankie Montes in the next two days. <laughs> not in, not impossible. So, um, yeah, he'll have to be pretty good. Montes is – he was great in that start. Interestingly enough, he's been uh, – he's been – kind of. he was kind of bad in June until that last start. Not terrible, but, you know, kind of mm-hmm. bad. Uh, he, he was going through some struggles and, and – what we saw in his last start was 98, 99 and, and a wicked like splitter. I mean, it's going to be tough and you're not going to have JP in the lineup, which based on how he's been swinging the last few weeks, eh, but it's still a lefty that you could, you know, it just, it's, it still hurts, but mm-hmm. not as much. Um, it's Ray's going to have to be very good. I, I, it's tough for me to imagine the Mariners scoring more than two or three runs off of him. Their best bet is probably to try and, and, uh, jack up his pitch count, get to the the A's bullpen, um, and see if you can get him out of there after six. Keep the game close. So Ray's mm-hmm. gonna have to probably go, you know, six seven innings, give up no more than two or three runs if he wants to give the Mariners a a legitimate shot at winning this game. Yeah, gonna need him to to be what he's been over the last four starts. Um, mm-hmm. You know, continue to work in that uh, that two seam fastball and you know we'll see what his plan is going up against the A's now for a second time because the first time he went pretty you know slider heavy um and then uh, mixed in the the two seamer and and then he also threw 12 curves which was kind of an anomaly for him this year uh so we'll see if that's kind of a similar game plan or maybe he switches it up he goes two seamer uh heavy again or just kind of balances it out between that and the slider um and maybe we'll see the curve again who knows because uh, it it was effective for him um even though that he he only threw it 12 times it, it did work out pretty well for him in that game so uh and then you know paul blackburn going on the bump for the a's and uh on saturday and he, um, you know, obviously got off to a pretty good start to this year, but the uh, the Mariners hel- handled him really well uh, the last time they saw him uh, down in Oakland. You think they can repeat that? Because last time they faced Blackburn in Seattle, uh, he was very good against them. He he shut them down. Yeah, Blackburn's one of those guys who maybe is turning back into a pumpkin a little bit because sure he's. I mean, the ERA is back up over three now, and he was very, very good. He was a legitimate all-star candidate, let's say, uh, for 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 a little bit there. And and you know, I know I know that he didn't give up a ton of hits and runs, but he did walk five. I think five Mariners in that last start. They just couldn't get that one big hit to kind of get to him. Uh, so I think they'll be okay against him. It's the third time they've seen him. Um, I, I feel like you know, they they kind of have a good idea about how he's going to try and attack them so I, I feel okay about that matchup um but obviously i wouldn't expect you know whatever what was it five six runs uh yeah, like they put up like put three up or four last time. it's they're gonna have, yeah yeah they're gonna have to grind through a little bit um but i would suspect that he is going to uh the mariners are gonna have a much better game plan against him this time around than they did last time mm-hmm. and in five starts in june 
You know, he had five one three ERA, gave up three and you know nine walks in twenty six innings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. How, uh, that's one of those ones. Where I'm not quite sure what to explain in. If I had to guess, I would say the Mariners are a pretty good plan against him, uh, and they they did a nice job in both starts and not expanding the zone to help him. So I have to throw strikes, and, and uh, if the Mariners can make him do that then I, I like their chances, but uh, you never know. All right, so calendars flipped to July now. Uh, it was a pretty good month of June for the Mariners. They they clinched a, uh, a winning month. Um, a lot of guys offensively had, had some great success. We saw Jesse Winker finally break out a little bit. We saw Cal Raleigh have a great month. Julio continued to have a, you know, it continues to be great, and he's probably going to be the AL Rookie of the Month again. Um, and then, you know, we of course saw, you know, some great things out of Robbie Ray and, and Logan Gilbert, you know, aside from last night's start was, uh, you know, still really good. Uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of positives here for the Mariners, despite, you know, losing Ty France and, and having these suspensions happen or, you know, having the brawl ha- happen that is going to lead to all these suspensions. And, you know, there, there, there were certainly some things to kind of feel sour about, but ultimately it was a pretty good month for, for the Mariners, all things considered. So let's hand out some awards here. Um, let's start with, uh, with your MVP Colby for the month of, uh, for the month of June. Um, Hmm. Boy, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> do, 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 uh, I think I'm gonna go Julio. I I know, uh, bit of a bit of a dark horse here, but uh, dude was really good uh, uh, because while his batting average about thirty points uh, between May and June, his on base percentage went up up thirty points. He started drawing more walks. Um, his slugging went up, so it's not like it, the, the the average was at the expense of his uh, power or anything like that. Played mm-hmm. very good defensive center field, stole plenty of bases. I think he had seven home runs in June. Uh, there, there are. It's nice that you know there that it's well, it's obvious who obviously Julio like it wasn't May because I think you can make a legitimate case for somebody like Jesse Winker, uh, Cal Raleigh, and even Robbie Ray uh, to be kind of the the team MVP, the team player of the month. So, uh, but Julio, I mean, it just, the dude's 21 years old. Like, how are you not impressed by Julio at this yeah. stage? Um, yeah, I mean, he had a 160, he finished the month with a 162 WRC plus. It is the second month in a row that he's been over 150. Uh, and he only appears to be getting better. Strikeout rate stabilized. It was at 25.4% in June, 25.2% in May. And the walks went up 4%. Uh, the on base, uh, the batting average went down 29%. Ironically, the on base went up exactly 29% or 29 points. So, mm-hmm. and he, 15 and his uh, slugging went up 15 points. So, yeah, it, I think Julio was probably better in June than he was in May. And if it was obvious in May that he was the guy, it, it seems only fair that he's the guy in June. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, he's got a, you know, 
I mean, Jerry Pena gave him a pretty good run for his money in May, and then this month, you know, Adley Rutschman and, and Bobby Wood Jr. have been pretty decent. But I think it's it's pretty clear that it should be Julio uh, for the AL Rookie of the Month again this uh, this month, and he's he's my MVP as well for the Mariners in the month of June. You know, 280, 361, 542, 162 WRC plus, as you mentioned. He led the team in F4. He led the team in every major you know offensive category: seven home runs, sixteen RBI. He had five steals. Actually, uh, Dylan Moore had more steals. In the, in the month of June. He had seven. Uh, Julio had five, but still uh, Julio just across the board was uh, fantastic. I uh, do want to give a shout out to Cal Raleigh, though, because uh, Raleigh had a uh, really, really good month of June as well. Uh, 163 WRC plus, 250, uh, 337, 558, uh, 1.3 F4, 23.9 uh, strikeout percentage, and then uh, walked 10.9% uh, of the time. He had six home runs, 14 RBI, and, uh, I mean, you know, who doesn't love watching a guy named, nicknamed uh, Big Dumper run around the bases on a little league home run? Uh, so a pretty cool way for uh, for Cal to, to end the month. Yeah, thank you, Sky Bolt. Interesting. Yeah, um, yeah very much so. And then, yeah, so. But, uh, hey, you know, it, it counts. And, and Cal, I think he put one to the warning track in his first at-bat, too. So, yeah, uh, he was pretty locked in last night, but he was locked in all month. Uh, I do want to give some uh, some love to Jesse Winker here. Um, yeah. After struggling a ton in April, he was okay in May. He put up a 92 WRC plus. You could kind of see things starting to slowly turn in May, and in June, all he did was hit 277, 424, 468, yeah, uh, 167 WRC plus. He walked 19 and a half percent of the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He struck out 22 percent of the time, which is a little high for him, but he walked almost 20 percent of the time. So. Uh, basically, I mean, he's as many walks as strikeouts, and when you do that, uh, the 424 on base is, I mean, yeah, that that's huge. And so we're starting to see a little bit more power uh, from Winker as well. I think that's going to come here. Um, so I, I feel like Jesse is mid breakout, but like obviously, if he does what he did in June for the rest of the year, he's you know going to be a, a one one. 35 140 wrc plus already up to 113 despite mm -hmm. finishing april i think at 65 so yeah uh, yeah jesse is, is certainly turning things around he's kind of becoming a bit of a team leader as well and he's certainly a mariners fan favorite so june uh probably couldn't have gone any better for jesse if you kind of ignore the whole punchy punchy thing <laughs> so but yeah then, i mean we'll see how, how many games he gets yeah, Eugenio Suarez um, also uh, had a really good month of June. Two fifty seven, three fifty nine, four twenty two, one thirty three WRC plus. He was worth point nine F four. He had four home runs, uh, fourteen RBI. Did strike out thirteen or uh, thirty two point eight percent of the time, uh, but also walked twelve and a half percent of the time. Uh, that will certainly play. He continues to have a uh, really strong season. So let's move on to the pitching here. I think the answer is pretty obvious, but I'll uh, I'll let you answer here. Who's your uh, Cy Young for the month for the Mariners? Diego Castillo. <laughs> um, no, nah, it, it feels like it has to be Robbie Ray, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know statistically, I believe Chris Flexen had the better month, but let's use our eyeballs and our brains here for a minute, guys. The run that uh, Ray went on in the last uh, two weeks, last three weeks of the month is you know, one of the better runs we've seen from a Mariners pitcher since Felix Hernandez. Um, so uh, it was, it was important to, uh, you know, he 
stopped the bleeding a lot in a lot of cases. Uh, he was just, he was great. And it's not quite Cy Young Robbie Ray. Like we didn't quite get last year's version of Robbie Ray, but we got a pretty good version of Robbie Ray. And if that's who he is the rest of the year, uh, you know, Gilbert can kind of bounce back uh, after last night, which I fully expect him to. Same with Kirby. I mean, if Ray can do that, then you're one like Montes or Castillo addition away from having a rotation that could compete with anybody uh, in mm-hmm. the American League. So, uh, um, I a month like, got a month like that, and because of it, he uh, he should get the uh, the pitcher of the month award. Let's let's call it. Yeah, yeah, he was incredibly impressive. Thirty-seven strikeouts, twenty-five hits, nine earned runs, four home runs, thirteen walks. Uh, in uh, 37, uh, like I said, a 37 innings pitch, 2-1-9 ERA. And then over his last, I believe it's 29 and a third innings pitch, he's only given up two runs. Uh, he's been incredible, uh, just absolutely sensational. Mm-hmm. He has been worth every single penny of the contract now, you know, uh, in the month of June. So that's uh, that's great. Hopefully that, that continues. Hopefully he continues to be a top-of-the-rotation, you know, kind of contributor because – you know, like we said before, uh, or right after that Astros start on on June the sixth, uh, you need better from him. And so, so far, he's given you better. And of course, the opponent quality hasn't been great, aside from the uh, the Red Sox uh, when he faced the Red Sox on on June twelfth. You know, he faced uh, after that he faced uh, an Angels team without Shohei Otani or Jared Walsh in their lineup. Then he faced the Orioles. Then he or and then he or sorry, the, then he faced the Athletics and then faced the Orioles. So. Um, you know, it's uh, not great, um, not great examples of like, you know, or not really uh, great opponents to base success off of, but certainly, uh, you know, a good sign that uh, that things are starting to swing in the right direction for Ray. Um, you know, I we should also talk a little bit about the bullpen here because the uh, the bullpen was great, and and by the way, Ray is also if it if it wasn't. Um, if it wasn't clear, Ray was also my, you know, Cy Young. Uh, but the uh, the bullpen was really good. Uh, Andres Munoz uh, had a really good month. Uh, tw- uh, 203 ERA and 12, uh, 12 appearances, 13 in a third innings pitch. He gave up four runs, three earned, 20 strikeouts, and uh, just walked two. Uh, the two walks is a, is a pretty big deal for for Munoz. Penn Murphy continued to be really really solid. Uh, Paul Seawald, you know, had some hiccups here and there. Had another hiccup last night, but has been uh, been solid, you know, across the board. Eric Swanson still hasn't given up a run. Uh, Diego Castillo was, you know, aside from uh, giving up a run last night, which I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, he he's been fantastic pretty much since that uh, that Mets outing. Uh, so the bullpen's starting to level out, and you're also, you know, you're getting some. Contributions from the likes of uh, Ken Giles. You know what we've seen from Giles thus far looks like he might actually be able to give you something. So, um, better days seem to be ahead for the uh, for the bullpen here for the Mariners bullpen. And um, yeah, I mean this pitching staff is starting to become a, a real strength of the Mariners, and that's going to be huge once the uh, the offense starts to get a little bit more healthy and hopefully add some pieces from the outside as well. So, uh, so a lot of good things here in the month of June. A lot of things to be positive about, uh, and hopefully that just carries over into the uh, into the month of July because this is going to be huge for the Mariners. We've been saying this, you know, for the last few weeks on this show is that the the Mariners have to continue to rattle off wins here. They need to take advantage of these favorable matchups and uh, try and just you know be able to survive these uh, suspensions and injuries as best as they can until they can add reinforcements. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any closing thoughts before we sign off for the week? 
go win two of the next three at least. And yeah, uh, yeah. go do that because, again, we know that you're going to be facing the Padres and probably the the Blue Jays without Jesse Winker. Yeah. So, yeah, go do that. Go go get two out of three. <laughs> Or heck, you know, get greedy. Go take the series, and that way, when you go two and four against the the Padres and the and the Blue Jays, hopefully, uh, it's not that big of a deal. You've already yeah. you've, you've you're back in a in a good position. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, sweep the series. You get to one game under, and and at that point, you're probably a buyer, uh, even if the unless the Padres you go zero and six, you know, which possible is <laughs> possible. So let's avoid all that. Let's go get four. Uh, this weekend and uh, we'll come in on Monday or Tuesday, uh, mm-hmm. Tuesday and uh, we'll have fun. And we'll yeah, talk so, about. So talk scheduling about a, a good team, maybe. Mm-hmm. So scheduling wise, uh, we are planning on doing a crossover with uh, Javier Reyes, the uh, hosts of lockdown Padres. That should be Monday show barring any sort of scheduling conflict. Uh, so uh, be sure to be on the lookout for that. And then we'll be back to our regular show on uh, Tuesday, uh, barring any unforeseen issues. So, uh, yeah, just to uh, let you know, that's uh, that's what's going down next week. And then uh, next Friday, uh, we are not going to be recording a uh, show. So uh, it's going to be a four show week here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast next week. Uh, so that's going to do it for us here. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, S T A N E G N Z L Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making that's your first listen of the day, just like you do here every single day. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball weekend, and we'll see you on the other side. Later. <laughs>